Well, happy birthday, Bear Life Church. Come on, you excited to be here today? Man, it is so good to see you guys. We are celebrating our 15-year anniversary. We're also, or our birthday, we're also celebrating our four-year birthday in Grayson and our one-year at Ashland across our campuses. And that we really, truly believe the best is yet to come. Come on, can we just give praise one more time for what God is doing and now, and it took 15 years, and so the tech guys back there, you all know how to do this magical stuff, but if you could put the, uh, the background again up that we just sung the worship song with, could you put that background back up real quick with the, the windows, could you put that back, can you throw it up there, maybe? Get it? Yes, it took 15 years, but we finally got stained glass windows. Come on now, come on, let's go. Let's go. They're digital, but they're stained glass. So they're way more expensive that way. But anyway, man, we're so glad that you guys are here. Grab your Bibles, go to Mark chapter eight. You can change the background back now. Mark chapter eight. And uh, we've been in this series called Inside Out. Hopefully the Lord has been using it in your life. And basically what we've been talking about is, is, is that transformation starts from the inside out. Anything you wanna change in your life starts right here. The Apostle Paul says, if you wanna be transformed, it comes by renewing your mind. So whatever you wanna be transformed in, where do you wanna change your life starts from the inside out. You wanna change your marriage, your perspective, how you see it starts from the inside out. Your finances, your health, your, your goals, your habits, it doesn't matter. Uh, negative emotions, it all comes from the inside out. And so change starts when we begin to think of things differently. So here's the question I have for us this morning. How or, or what is it that keeps me from seeing things clearly? That's the question I want you to ask yourself. What keeps me from seeing things clear, from seeing God do great things in my life, to see God work around me, to see how God sees my marriage, how he sees my health, how he sees my life, how he sees my career, my relationships? How, how, what, what is it that keeps me from seeing God clearly? This could be what keeps you from seeing the problems in your life clearly, or your marriage clearly, or work. For some of you, you say, I have no idea what God's doing in my life. I just can't see clearly what he's doing in my life. And, and if that's you, I'm telling you what, you picked a great Sunday to be here. Because the reality is how you see your life, how you see God, how you see your past, how you see your present, your future, your money, your time, your strengths, your weaknesses, and all this, however you see it, affects your life. In fact, the first thing I want you to write down today, if you're taking notes, is this. Everything in your life is affected by your perspective. Everything in your life will be affected by your perspective. Now, how you see it. Now, literally, that means how you think it, what you think about that. And so what you think about it will determine your perspective on that giving subject. So in Mark chapter eight, if you got your Bibles, I want you to go there. Mark chapter eight, I'm gonna give you the background story. Jesus just fed 4,000 people. They were with him for three days. He was gonna send them away. He felt compassion on them. And uh, he realized they couldn't make it back home and, and have enough energy to make it back home. So he looks at the disciples. How are we gonna feed the people? And they're like, how, what do you mean how are we gonna feed the people? We ain't got no money. We have no store. There's nowhere we can get enough bread. He said, well, how much bread do we have? And like, hey, we got seven loaves of bread. Jesus said, okay, that's enough. That's putting for me. Sit everybody down. So everybody sit down. Jesus took the bread, blessed the bread, broke the bread, gave it to the disciples and distributed the bread and 4,000 plus people were fed. So Jesus sends them on their way home and he goes down and he gets into a boat. As he's in the boat, the Pharisees come and they begin to argue with Jesus. Hey, you know, if you are the Messiah, if you are the one, help us see it, watch this, clearly. Show us a sign, give us a miracle. 
prove to us that you are from God. And so Jesus basically says, this generation are so blind, this generation always wants a sign, they wanna see it from a sign, and I'm not gonna give you a sign. Then Jesus gets back into the boat and they begin to go across the lake. And that's what we pick up here in verse 13. So if you're ready to get started, so let's go. All right, y'all want some cake and ice cream after this, celebrate this birthday party. All right, here we go, Mark 8, 13. So he got back into the boat and left them. Who's them? He left the Pharisees. All the crowd was gone. The religious people who were debating with him, show us a miracle, show us a sign. I just fed 4,000 plus people, come on, you missed it. Anyway, they wanted to see it. So he left them and he crossed to the other side of the lake. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. So as they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, watch out. Be on alert. Make sure you see clearly. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. <laughs> and this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Now, because they connected yeast with bread, they go together, right? He goes, oh, we don't have enough food. We don't have enough bread. We only have one loaf. Bartholomew left all the ones over there, so all we have is one loaf of bread. But verse 17 said, Jesus knew what they were saying. So he says, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know and understand even yet? Can't you see clearly yet? Look what it says. Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, but you cannot see. You have ears, but you cannot hear. Don't you remember anything at all? Listen, when I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up? 12, they said. Absolutely correct, there were 12. And when I just fed 4,000 people on the other side of the lake here, how many loaves of bread did you just pick up? They said seven, we got disciples in the house, let's go. We said, we got seven, that's right, we got seven of them. And he says, then why don't you even understand yet? How come you can't see clearly who I am? Here's what you need to know. Every miracle that Jesus performs has a message in it. Every miracle he's ever done in your life has a message in it. Every miracle he's done here for the last 15 years has a message in it. And if we don't see clearly, we miss the message in the miracle. Every miracle he has something he wants to teach us in it. You see, they thought it was about just feeding people, but don't miss this, even the disciples were still blinded. You see, blinded in the Bible is a metaphor for closed-mindedness. Their mind was blinded, they were closed, they couldn't understand, the disciples, I mean, the, the Pharisees' mind were blinded, they didn't understand. Watch this, the disciples were short-sighted, they were blinded, their minds were closed, and they still didn't grasp what Jesus was talking about. And I don't want you to be blinded going into 2023. I don't want us to be blinded going into the next future that God has for Better Life Church. And there's a couple things that we see here, one from the Pharisee, one from the disciples, that will keep us from seeing Jesus clearly or will keep us from missing the message in the miracle. And the first one is pride. Pride will keep you from seeing what Jesus is doing in your life. Pride will keep you from seeing the miracles of God in your life, and pride will keep God from performing miracles in your life. He says in verse 15, he says, watch out. Be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Now in the Bible, yeast is another metaphor for arrogance, 
for pride. Why? Because as you put yeast and flour to make bread, watch this, it puffs up. It puffs up the bread. The Bible says that pride builds you up. It puffs you up. And so he says, whoa, 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 whoa. When you have pride in your life, you will be blinded to the miracle God's miracle of God around you. And so we have to purposely choose to humble ourselves because if you're full of pride, you'll miss God's miracles. And I don't want you to miss more miracles that God has performed in our church and in our family and in our community. And so we can stand here and man can stand here. And I don't want you to think, there's no one can get credit for what God's done in the last 15 years. I can't get the glory for it. Our team, our staff, our team members, a building. Listen, none of that. Only God can get the glory for what he's done in the last 15 years. Where he has restored marriages, broken addictions. Watch this. Bring the prodigals home. He has changed tens of thousands of people's of lives. To God be the glory. Only he can do that. Only he could do that. So watch this, if we get arrogant and boastful and prideful, we will miss the miracles of God. In fact, he will remove his hand and miracles will not be performed in that area or in this region. And we don't want to be like the Pharisees. Why? Because pride will blind you. So we must humble ourselves. But here's a big one. And it may not be pride in your life that blinds you, but I think this one would keep us from, from seeing and experiencing the miracles of God, but also from seeing God clearly. And that is when we forget what God has done for us in our past, that blinds us from seeing him clearly. Oh, how many times have we forgotten what God has done in our life and what he's done in our past? He, he, he brings us up. They're talking about bread, he's talking about behavior. They're thinking about lunch, and he's thinking about, no, you don't understand what's on the inside because you only transform from the inside out. You gotta watch out from the pride from the inside. You have eyes, but can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear what's on the inside? You can't see me clearly yet. And so he says, who's in the boat with you? Uh, Jesus. Who fed 5,000 people over here with just a few loaves of bread? Jesus, it's the Sunday school answers, come on now, Jesus, right? Who just fed 4,000 people across the lake? And you're worried about bread? You're fighting over, you only have one loaf? If you were with me, you will never go hungry. If you were with me, I will perform miracles after miracles in your life, and we are just the same. They already forgot what he did on the other side of the lake, and that's what we do. God does something good in our lives. He answers our prayer. He bails us out. He performs a miracle, and then the next time a problem comes, we act like God's never done nothing before in our life. God showed up and he spared your life when you shouldn't have spared your life. He saved you. He done a miracle in your message. He brought your kid home. He broke that addiction in your life. Then all of a sudden we face a crisis and we're like, oh gosh, woe is me. And we start worrying, worrying, worrying and we forgot what he's already done. Listen, you already performed a miracle in this life by getting up out of bread. Who gave you life this morning? Who gave you breath this morning? You will not be, the only reason you have breath is because King Jesus is not finished with you. It is a miracle you are even alive this morning. And then all of a sudden we'll face a trial, a crisis, tribulation, a burden, and we start to panic and we start to worry and we get scared of the future of today. Why, listen to me, watch this. Because we have not counted our blessings and named them one by one. And we have missed 
and have forgotten how God has showed up and delivered you, performed a miracle in your life. I believe in the Old Testament, that's a lot of times the reason why the Israelites would say, you remember the God of our father? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember, it was the God who brought us out of Egypt, who brought us into the promised land, who delivered us from Mennonites, who delivered us from Babylon. Why do they keep reminding the people? Because listen, listen, we have to look back at the faithfulness of God to see what he's done in our life. We, we cannot predict the future. People stood up in January in 2020 and they declared this was gonna be the best year ever and God was gonna do something great. It shocked the whole world that the whole world was shut down. Everyone missed that one. We have no idea. And what happens is we forget God's past blessings and we fear today and we fear tomorrow. I have no idea what 2023 holds for us. I have no idea what 2023 holds for you. But I do know the one who holds it in his hands and his name is Jesus. So I'm gonna put my faith and trust in him even when I can't see, even when I'm blinded of the future. So let's not forget God's past blessings because watch this, pride in your life and forgetting what Jesus has done in your life will keep you from seeing clearly what he wants to do today in your life. And then, isn't it ironic, don't you think? A few of my, few of my, few of my peeps in here, they get that. I hear my wife laughing at me over here. That Jesus is talking metaphorically about spiritual blindness and then right when he gets out of a boat, he performs a miracle of someone who is physically blinded. Now this ain't by coincidence. This is not ironic. This is the creator of the universe who has a message in every miracle that he performs. Who comes and says, watch out, be aware of the Pharisees, of the pride. Don't forget who's with you. And I'm about to show you the physically healing this blind man, verse 22. Then they arrived at Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him, touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And this is kind of disgusting. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? Is your vision clear? And the man looked around and said, yes, I can see people, but I can't see them very clearly. Then no wonder you have slob in your mouth, right? And then, so they look like trees walking around in your eyes. And then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again and watch this, and now they were clean. Now they were open and his sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. Folks, listen, I don't want, I, that's what I want for you today. I want you to leave here today being able to, watch this, be transformed from the inside out to renew your mind, watch this, so that you can see everything clearly. You won't be able to see your future clearly because we have no idea what tomorrow holds. But I can see today clearly who and how I can show up today and who I can be today and how do I win today? Because if I'm walking with Jesus today, I will be in his will tomorrow. So how do I do it? How do I see clearly? How do we say, God, do it again? I wanna see miracles again. I want you to perform miracles again. I just don't wanna read about miracles. I wanna be part of the miracle. I don't wanna read about stories how God moved. I wanna be part of the movement of God. That's what I wanna see in my life. I want the meaning and the purpose of God to be fulfilled in my life. I don't wanna go to my grave wondering, God, you know, what was my purpose? And I've said this to you over and over and over. I can't save you. I can't change you. I can't even save myself. But boy, I love being in the birth room. 
I love seeing people born again. I love to see God change people's lives. And how do we do that? How, if, we wanna, if you wanna see God perform miracles in your life, and we wanna continue to see God to perform miracles in our church, what is it going to take? What is it going to look like? Well, if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I want you to write down. Here's when miracles happen. Miracles happen when I care enough about people to bring them to Jesus. Let me say that for you one more time. You wanna see miracles performed in your life, it's when I care enough about people to bring them to Jesus. Why is this important? Because caring people bring hurting people to Jesus. Who in your life right now needs to be touched by Jesus? I'm talking about your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your classmate, your roommate, your teammate, your sorority sister, your fraternity brother. Who in your life right now needs to be touched by Jesus? If we wanna see God perform miracles, God performs miracles, watch this, when people bring people to Jesus. We see this even right here in the text. This guy cannot get to Jesus. In fact, the Bible clearly says, right here in verse 22, some people brought the blind man to Jesus. He couldn't get there. So many people, how many people are blinded in your life right now that need Jesus? You know them. In fact, they come to your mind right now. And what I've come to find out really, really in my own life is that a lot of times God is waiting on us to move to perform miracles in other people's lives. You see, they could have walked by the blind man and said, oh, poor fella, could y'all put him on the Wednesday night prayer list, please? Put him on the prayer Let's just pray for poor little blind Billy here. Like, let's just pray for him. Like, they could have put him on the prayer list. Or they could have walked by and said, man, there's a lot of people here. We're kind of in a hurry. Somebody else will get them to Jesus. Somebody else will get them to where they need to go. And a lot of times, God's waiting, you're praying, oh God, would you save my spouse? Oh God, would you save my boss? Oh God, would you save my best friend? God, would you save my coworker? God, would you save my coach? And he says, I will if you just get him to a place to hear the gospel. And he's waiting on us to move. He's waiting on us to bring people to see the miracle and perform the miracle in their life. Why? Because caring friends bring hurting friends to Jesus. Do you care about people? You wanna see miracles in your life? You wanna see miracles in our communities? You wanna see miracles in your family? Watch this, I'm telling you, start bringing people to Jesus. Verse 22, he says this, they begged him, they begged him, please, just touch him. Just touch the man and heal him. They begged him because they cared so much about him. Would you just please heal him by touching him? Which happens, number two, watch this, miracles happen when I get close to Jesus. You want miracles to be performed in your life? You don't have to raise your hand. I know the answer to that, yes. Then you need to get close to Jesus. And here's the reality. You are as close to Jesus as you choose to be. You can't sit here and blame, well, that church, they just don't feed me over there, sister. They just don't feed me over there. You know what? No one's ever taught me how to read the Bible. I just don't know where to start. I just don't, I don't, I just don't have time to really spend time with Jesus. Right now I got extracurricular activities, kids going all over the place. It's just that season. We're just in a season right now. Listen to me. You can blame no one for your closeness except you. You are as close as you choose to be. And if you wanna see miracles performed in your life, if we wanna see miracles performed in the house, we have to get close to Jesus. 
Not just talk about him and sing about him. I'm talking about get close to him. Because when we get close to him, guess what happens? Miracles are performed. In fact, you have to be close to Jesus so he can touch you. And I wonder how many of us are missing miracles in life because we just don't get close to Jesus. We don't get around Jesus. Because the closer that I get to him, watch this, the closer that I get to Jesus, the more miracles he will do in my life and the more miracles I'm able to see him do in other people's lives because now I see him clearly. And I don't know about you, but I want God to do miracles in my life. I want God to do miracles in our church family. He's already done miracles. Look around, are you kidding me? If you're saying, God, look around what God has done. Took a tiny little handful of people who had this great grand vision and spilled it over to a regional church all the way into Ashland and Carter County and abroad. Some of you come from surrounding counties. That's, that's only God can do that. He draws you to a place and wants to use you greatly. And I wanna be part of that miracle. I wanna be part of what God is doing in my life. But watch this, in my church family's life. Verse 23. Then Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Here's the third and last point I want you to make on this. Miracles happen when I trust Jesus to lead me. Miracles will happen in your life when you begin to trust Jesus to lead you. And this one is very difficult for us. Why? Because we wanna plan our own life. We don't want Jesus to lead us. I wanna plan my marriage, I wanna plan my career, I wanna plan my schooling, my education, I wanna plan my life, I wanna plan my finances, I'm gonna plan my retirement, I'm gonna plan, I'm gonna have the 2.5 kids and the one dog, no cat. I'm gonna plan it all right here. I'm gonna plan out my life and I'm gonna say, Jesus, will you bless it? And say, Jesus, lead me. I'm gonna pray, Jesus, bless me. And if we wanna see miracles in our life, we have to get to the point where we trust Jesus to lead us. Could you imagine this blind man? He couldn't even see Jesus. He's only heard about Jesus. And now he's holding someone's hand and he cannot even see to lead him to a place that he has no idea. How much faith? How much faith would that have taken? Just trust me. Where are we going? Just trust me. But where are we going? Just trust me. I don't know. I need to have a four-year plan. I need to have a one-year plan. I need you to map this out. Come on, just trust me. And if you'll let me lead you and trust me, I will do miracles in your life. And I know he wants to do that in your life. And some of you feel that way right now. You have no idea where God's doing in your life. You have no idea where God's taking you. You have no, you have no idea how long it's gonna be for you to walk this out. Guess what, congratulations, you're on your way to a miracle. Because that's what God does. That's why this is called, watch this, the walk of faith. That's why we have to have faith for Jesus, even though we don't know what tomorrow holds, we're gonna trust him. People come up to me and they'll say, Pastor, I want you to pray for him, I need clarity. Pray that God gives me clarity, I've got a decision. I could do A, I could do B, I've got a decision to make. Will you pray for clarity? And I look at him, I say, I'm not gonna pray for clarity. And they're kind of taken back from me, I say, well, I need to make a decision. Pray that God gives me clarity. I say, I'm not praying for clarity. And they say, how come? I said, because if God gave you clarity, where's your faith? If your whole, lap was, the whole life was just dictated out for you and you had a clear map to where your destination would be, where is your faith to take the next step? Abraham, go, where? I'll tell you when you get there. And that's why he's the father of faith. So I said, I'm not gonna pray for clarity, but here's what I will pray for, peace. 
You can be scared, you can be angry, but I'm gonna pray for peace in your life because peace is not an emotion. Peace is a person, his name is Jesus, who's the Prince of Peace. And if you have peace about that decision, go with it, honey. Take that step of faith. God will meet you at that point and he will give you abundance of peace. So I'm gonna pray for peace in your life, not clarity. So why don't you begin to pray when you got decisions to make life, God, just give me clarity. No, God, give me peace. And I will trust you by faith to walk this out. This is a life of faith. So Lord, even though I'm blinded to the future, I have no idea what the future holds. And nobody does. We don't have a crystal ball. None of us have an idea into what the future, we don't know. So God, as we blindly go into 2023, guess what? I want you to lead me. And I promise you, if you trust him, he'll perform miracles in your life. And so what happens? He leads him. And then something very weird happens. Verse 23. Then spitting on the man's eye, I have no idea why Jesus spit a loogie in, the, in his eyes. I have no idea. I, I don't know. I don't know. The, the, and he laid hands on him and said, can you see anything? This is incredibly offensive. This actually means that you're dirt. I mean, there, there has to be something contextualized that we are missing, but for some reason, Jesus chose to do this. And then he looked around. The man looked around and said, yes, I see people, but I, can, I can't see them clearly. And they look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands like, you still got saliva in your eyes, man. Come here, come here. You got this crud. Let me, let me get it out of your eyes. And now his eyes were open. And watch this. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. And folks, that's what I want for you. I want when Jesus touches you, it changes everything that you see. Why? Because your perspective will always be affected by what you think and how you see things. How you see life, how you see God, how you see the Bible, how you see church, watch this, affects your perspective. And when I say how you see, that means how you think about it. Because when Jesus touches you, things change. And if you notice here in the text, a few things change. One, the guy's focus got sharper. And when Jesus touches your life, your focus will get sharper. Your perspective will get larger. And watch this, your vision will get clearer. You wanna be touched by Jesus? You want Jesus before miracles in your life? I'm telling you if, you, if you get close to Jesus, you will be focused, laser sharp on it. Your perspective will get bigger. It's not just about me. There's a reason why you put me on this playground we call planet Earth, and then my vision will get clearer, and I will see what God wants me to see. I don't have to fear tomorrow. I don't have to worry about today because I count my blessings. I've named them one by one, and God will lead me, and I will trust him, and I'm telling you what, you get to that place in your life, you better Buckle up, buttercup, because God's gonna do miracles in your life. And that's what I want for you. And that's what I want for our church family. Over the last 15 years, unbelievable miracles. And I want God to do it again. I wanna see it again. I wanna be part of it. So Better Life Church, listen, if we wanna see miracles in my life, here's what's gonna happen. If you wanna see miracles in our, even our church family, Bring people to Jesus. Draw close and get close to Jesus and trust him to lead you in every area of your life. And if you do that, I promise you, he will perform miracles. And so Jesus asked them a clarifying question. There's always a message in the miracle. Feed for 4,000 plus people. Pharisees, give me a sign. Jesus says, beware of the yeast. 
The disciples' visions were not clear. They did not understand it. Jesus says, how long would you go like this? Can't you see clearly? You have eyes, can you not hear? Why do you not understand in your heart the message? Let me see if I can bring you in a little bit closer. Here's a blind man, watch me heal him. And then, then, verse 27. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the village near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked, how do people see me? Who do people say that I am? Well, you know, some say you're John the Baptist, man. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're a prophet. You're one of the prophets. Yeah, 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 but how do you see me? I'm not talking about how your grandparents saw me. I'm not talking about what your family said about me. I'm not talking about what the world says about me. How do you see me? Who do you think I am? Who do you say I am? And this was the clarifying question. And I believe he set them up from the bread of 4,000 people, the Pharisees asking for a sign, debating in the boat where their mind is off, performed a miracle with a blind man just to get to this point. Now, come here, come here, come here. Who do you say that I am? Because how you see Jesus will affect your perspective on everything else in your life. Who do you say that I am? And this is what Peter said. <laughs> You're the Christ. You're the anointed one. You are the Messiah. Final thing I'm gonna leave you with. How you see Jesus will determine how clearly you see everything else in your life. How I see Jesus will determine how clearly I see everything else in my life. And so my question today is where we started. How do you see Jesus? He wants to give you clear vision for your life. He wants to give you clear vision for his church, for who he is. How do you see Jesus? Because how you see Jesus will affect every area of your life. Every single area. And that's the greatest question that you could determine today is who is Jesus to you? And if you wanna see him perform miracles in your life, you need to get to the point in your life to go, he is the Christ, he's the anointed one, he is the Messiah. I will bring people to him, I will get close to him, and I will trust him to lead me everywhere I go. I'm gonna ask you would just to bow your heads just for a moment. It's been an amazing 15 years. I reflected back over all the miracles that God has done that I'm aware of. And when you begin to reflect and count the blessings of what God has done, it gets you even more excited about what he will do. But the caveat is, is that when we bring people to him, when we stay close to him, when we trust him, we can by faith walk out today and trust him for tomorrow, that he will perform miracles in our lives. 
and the greatest miracle, and I cannot do this for you, is for you to give your life to Jesus today. And so I beg you, whether you're watching online at one of our campuses, in person, doesn't matter. I beg you, would you please today give your life to Jesus? He will never lead you astray. And right where you sit right now, you can cry to him, say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me, I believe you died for me, and I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how today, I repent of my sins and I give my life to you. And if that is you, and just in a moment, host or your campus pastor will come out and help you take your next step. They're gonna tell you what your next step is. And taking the next step will get you closer to Jesus. And that's what we want for your life because we wanna see Jesus perform miracles in your life. Father, thank you so much for an amazing 15 years. It has flown by. To see where you took a church in the middle of a worst recession in my lifetime. And you showed up right in the middle of it. God, in one Sunday, you saved 101 people. In one, one Sunday. God, you provided a house for us and a school and a conference center. And we were portable wondering for nine and a half years, but trusting you would lead us. God, in a gymnasium in a high school, 84 people were baptized in one day. One day. God, do it again. God, give us favor. God, do something so big in our church family and our lives that only you can get the glory for, only you can get the credit for it. We will bring people to you because we care about lost people. We will get close to you. And you tell us if we draw close to you, you'll draw close to us. God, and we'll trust you for tomorrow, even though we have no idea what it holds. But we trust you. And so we thank you in advance for all the miracles you're gonna perform. And God, we trust you do it again. For it's your name we ask and we pray. Come on out, and everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you took a next step today, we would love to get to celebrate with you. So please let us know at our website, betterlock.church slash next steps. And to stay connected with you throughout the week, you can download our Better Life app. And if you felt led to give today, please give at our website, betterlife.church slash give. We'll be praying for you this week. Please join us again next time.
Thank you all so much for joining us online today. We hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed having you. But anyways, guys, man, we are, uh, like I said, just so glad that you were able to join us. And maybe today uh, you're curious about maybe what your next step is on your journey with Jesus. Or maybe today you took your very first step of giving your life to Jesus. And first off, I just wanna say, man, I'm so proud of you. And man, God is gonna do something amazing in and through you. But we just wanna celebrate with you. Like I said, whether you're curious what your next step may be, or maybe it was your first step in following Jesus, I wanna encourage you all to go to betterlife.church slash next steps. Let us know just so we can help you on your journey with Jesus and also celebrate with you. But also, if you would like to financially uh, support what God is doing in this region, uh, in your city, in, in your town, or just all over the world, you can go to betterlife.church give, and you can financially support Better Life Ministry and what God is doing here. Also, just like to say, if you have, uh, if you want to stay connected with us throughout the week, you can download the Better Life Church app on any major platform. Stay connected with us. We have scripture there. We have so many things there to connect with you just throughout the week as well. But anyways, guys, thank you all so much for checking us out online today, and we cannot wait to connect with you. See you next week.